No one really knows how the parties get to yes. The pieces that are sacrificed in every game of chess. We just assume that it happens. But no one else is in the room where it happens. Lin-Manuel Miranda. This episode of The World of Vala is brought to you in part by Arcana Vault Dice, Entertainment Sue's main dice provider. Arcana Vault is a new online dice shop that boosts the community of tabletop gamers, collectors, hobbyists, and storytellers. World of Vala listeners have an amazing offer. You can get 10% off your order at arcanavault.com if you use the code ESTEW. E-S-T-E-W. Last time on the World of Vala. Santana unexpectedly received a wedding present from Maid of Honor, Xavier, the God of Dreams. This, this gift is an offer of sanctuary for all true-born Lulobians. The dream of these people will belong to them and only to them, a realm that they can control and exist within outside the control of the God of Dreams herself. While exploring this collective dream, Santana discovers something isn't right within her own country. Her own adopted daughter, the God of Cruelty, Sol Samoon, has begun falling into her true nature. As Santana awakens from this dream world, she discovers that Soul has gone missing. Episode 104 The Room Where It Happened. It's been five years since Urzra Hearthstone has ascended to the realm of the gods and claimed her throne as the god of oaths. In that time, they have been busy putting their domain in order. As the world changed around them, the God of Oaths has created an intricate system to grow with it. Ezra. You are currently meeting in an undisclosed location and an undisclosed time of day with a potential business partner. You are here to discuss the terms of a new business arrangement that would be proposed to you. You are very excited for what can come next. What's been up with you, Ezra? You know, wheeling and dealing. Godhood is busy, busy, busy. And you gotta stay on top of the game if you want to keep winning the game. Of course, of course. Within the time since the signing of the Treaty of Verdun and the ending of virtually the apocalypse, um... Two new races have come to be known within the world now. The first one is ghouls, and they have come within the land of Rokander. Um, the void walkers of Rokander and the vampires kind of mix within to become one race, where they're essentially these vampiric beings that are boosted off of the power of the void. So, on the other hand, of the ghouls, there is a new race that has been appearing within the south of Rogander. Well, you know, Ezra can lose all of her adoring constituents, so she, in order for them to be able to survive in this new world without humans having their own magic, she created her existing vampires and shifted them into revenants. Revenants are kind of a spirit vampire where ghouls draw their power from the void and their connection with the void walkers. Revenants 
derive their power from spirits. It's sort of a symbiotic relationship where they fuse with the spirit and the spirit gets this new form and the vampire gets the magic leached off of spirit. But because spirit magic keeps regenerating, they don't kill the spirit. Okay, that is perfect. Two new races in the world of Al, what type of trouble can they both get into? But that's a story for another day. As Ezra um, is at this kind of the head of the table, so to speak, at this negotiation meeting, her contact walks in. And it is a completely wrapped individual. You see, like, remnants of their dark skin kind of peeking out from underneath their hood. And you see scars covering, like, a large portion of, like, their exposed skin. The hood goes down, and you see that it's Bishop Caligo. Your cousin that was aimed to kill you five years ago. Your cousin who thinks of their fight um, and due to your teammates' uh, actions, ended up dying from the wounds you sustained. Oops. And now... It's kind of a tonal shift. And now it's kind of a tonal shift. You know, you were me, you, they were sent to kill you all those years ago and now they're crawling back to you for help. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Um, Bishop, the one person who growing up was the exemplar stood above the rest was destined fated almost it's very much expected to become one of the heads of the family and me who everyone just wanted to kill and now look how the positions have turned and yeah bishop almost killed us that one time <laughs> but this just goes to show that as long as you survive Anything is truly possible, and you can always come back. And so Bishop sets up at the under end, of, uh, the other end of the table. So it's like both of you are sitting on this oblong-shaped table. You on the, you on one side, him directly on the other side. And as he places paper down and uh, a few books down, he just kind of glowers. ghouls i have a question do ghouls still eat is that something no oh so refreshments only for me then now that's a little rude we can't do that i have a i'm not gonna bring a person for them to eat okay no refreshments <laughs> whatever i tried to finagle around that got it are, are you currently eating right now uh no, this is actually a real business meeting, so maybe some journey. Maybe some journey. Now, now, now that I'm a god, I get the good stuff. This is like high it's like end. Creamy. This is like fresh. Okay, no doubt. As fresh as jerky can be, anyways. Bishop looks at you. Are we expected to start this meeting anytime soon? 
We have all the time in the world, Bishop. It's at your leisure. Well, Ezra, you have something that I want, and I have a number of things that I think you might be interested in. So, how about we cut a deal? And we can move our separate ways. No pleasantries, Bishop. Please. Honestly, I thought this would be more of a family reunion for the two of us. We don't have as much time as we normally do to bicker and argue and to eventually have me get what I want. So I am here to go ahead and cut to the chase. All right. Well, cut away. But just don't leave out too much of the fun stuff. There's a deep sigh and starts taking out stacks of paper and starts like sliding them across the table. Um, on these papers are certain like pictures of, of the cities of Rokan. And you're seeing Rokander as, in five years, has kind of been built into a kind of technological wonder with things that you haven't seen before. And like remnant, like what looks to be husk of what's soon to be known as giant mega cities. Hmm. Ezra's intrigued, but she still has the same easy grin on her face. She doesn't want to give anything away, especially not with Bishop in the room. I have plans that go as as far as a hundred years into the future. These plans list the layout of all the cities in Brokander and what is expected to be created in the next hundred years. And the plans that Brokander have set in motion. And I thought I was good with my temples. Y'all really get to work, huh? I just gave you a snippet within here as well as sealed in other locations that only I can reach are the rest of the plans. All the plans that the God of the Dead has for this world and for the people that exist within it. And I will give those plans to you if and only if you make me a god. God, Bishop, I see, and she sort of nods to the various scars across Bishop's body. I see nothing can truly temper your ambition. Tell me, why don't you go ahead and ask Rokander? Hasn't he been keeping his promises to you? Rokander is a fickle man. You quite pointedly notice that he doesn't refer to him as a god. He throws he's throws tantrums like a petulant child over being an actual god or ruling from any real seat of power. So I will circumnavigate him. I will become a god outside of his pantheon, and then I will have 
my revenge on him. Fascinating. Any other plans of your own you care to divulge to me while we're being so open? Only if you agree to make me a god, because I can go other places. You could. You might even thrive in those other places for a time, Bishop. But how long until your true nature gets you killed? Honestly, I've been around the other gods for a long time, and unless you play nice, you could be in a bit of trouble. And then he kind of, like, does a snort. What? You've been around as, like, your boys? A weak set of gods that can't even keep their pants up half the time. Bishop, 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 please. I thought you wanted this to be a pleasant family reunion. No need for the bickering. You see, I've just picked better allies than you. What? What didn't tip you off when the one person who had s could have very much occupied the same position you're in now chose not to? Did you simply think I didn't have any sense? No, I didn't need to spend five years playing the fiddle for a toddler to know where I was going to end up. But, Bishop, you said you didn't want to bicker, so let's not. You need my help, and we have common interests. I just don't believe... No. I should say, it's almost too good to be true that they're aligning this one. You want the power? Okay, Bishop. Who wouldn't? You want to be master of not only your own fate, but the fate of others. And honestly, I gotta say, it's been pretty damn good so far. You want to destroy Rokander, who's not even fit to do his own job. I'm right there with you. Or at least, live long enough that his influence doesn't matter to me. But it's too good. I'm not a fool, Bishop. If I say yes, if I give you this godhood, there are going to be stipulations. What's stopping me from giving you stipulations on the information I give you? You think you're arguing with me. You think you're bargaining with me from this position of power. But let us get this straight. He puts his hands on the table. Just because, of a, just because you are a god does not mean you have power over me. Clearly, I'm not the god of power over you. Mm, and clearly, the god who stand to wood doesn't have as much power as he thinks. Fine, Bishop. But... Before I give you my stipulations, what kind of god would you even want to be? On 
Honestly, I haven't put much thought into it. I only need a shred of divinity. I don't give a damn which domain I'm in charge of or what domain I'm best fit to put in charge of. Hmm. How's the family been, Bishop? snakes and bootlickers that have fallen prey to the sweet words of the god of dreams. Mm. That have fallen in line with this god of death. That do nothing but seek revenge off of someone that killed their old masters. Isn't that why you hate me, Bishop? Or is there a more interesting reason? No, I hate you because I think you're a prick. <laughs> One prick to another, eh? Alright, Bishop. I give you godhood. You don't care about your domain. Let me choose it. I give you godhood. And there are some promises you have to make. One. You must always work in accord. Your own best interest, sure, whatever. That goes without saying, that's not part of the deal. But you must always work in accord with my best interests. I'm not Rokander, I'm not gonna strip you of your will, but I won't have this knife that I'm creating be stuck in my back later. You promise not to work against me in any capacity, whether that be through your own will or through you influencing others, or even just through omission. You are not allowed to set a single domino in place against me. Because I don't believe you have good enough ma manners not to bite the hand that feeds. Really quick pause. We're still recording. I'm not stopping this. Um, this is just for a semantic point of view for me, Asia. Yeah. If let's say if someone says like, let's say if someone pushes the domino down, is that them setting up the dominoes? Well, is... the domino had to be there in the first place. But they didn't set it up. So hypothetically, would I be able to use that as a loophole? See, the thing is, if someone else sets stuff up against Ezra, and Bishop didn't know and knocked it down, that'd be fine. If someone else set up stuff against Ezra and Bishop knocked it down knowingly, that would be working against my best interest because you saw the Ezra killing machine and you pressed the on breath. Okay. But if Bishop did a bunch of things that he didn't realize screwed over Ezra, then that's not his fault. He still thought he was working in Ezra's best interest. Okay but he can't knowingly work against her in any way, shape, or form through... Oh, I, way, shape, or form, I gotta be, like, as the god of votes, I have to be specific. specific. Yeah. Through omission, by not giving me information, mm -hmm. through... You know how... Uh, I hate to use this as an example, like, butterfly effect stuff, where, oh, maybe you drop the button or the instructions to the Ezra killing machine in oh, a town yeah. where there's yeah. a bunch of Ezra killers. <laughs> no, jerk. I, 
I, I okay. trust you with the Ezra killing machine plans, Jagoff. Don't do that. Okay, so if it was something like, oh no, I dropped my directions to kill a god very quickly on the floor. I can beat anything. There's a lot of gods. Woo! Would. Mm, yeah, I think, honestly, I think that would work because he'd have claws. The thing is, if the intent was for it to be used against Ezra, no. But if the intent was it to be used against another god, and then once that information's out, it's just out, no. Okay. I mean, yes, you can do it. Okay, so because the intent matters, um, it wouldn't work for Bishop because he would, like, have it on his mind that there's, like... These dominoes. And yeah. that's what she's counting on, for him to be thinking five steps ahead. Yeah, okay. Then, yes, then, yes, this would work against him. Okay. Um, unpause. We can go back into character. I'm in character now. <laughs> <laughs> that seems reasonable. You'll find I'm a much more reasonable... Master's not the right word for you, Bishop. And I don't pretend to be a master. Let's say co-worker. Nay, we're family. Let's say allies. And I think you could be a very good ally for me, Bishop. Just as I can be to you. I have my own demands. Let's hear them. One, everything that you just said also applies for me. You can't plan to take me out. You can't plan against me. It is a continuous ceasefire between the both of us. We don't have to like each other. We don't have to care for each other. But we will represent allies to each other. Oh, Bishop. I could learn to like you. And I think that journey would be just so fun. Second. Kill Rook. Or have one of your people kill Rook. Ooh, I love a challenge. You know, I've been working on a little underground guild of my own. And this would be a perfect test for them. But, why? I need the God of Dreams to be placed as the, as the rule of Rokander. And not just a simple puppet for Rokander himself. That reminds me. Now that we're in this new place as allies... Well, you can't work against me, so I suppose that doesn't necessitate. I'm not going to make you promise to share all your plans with me. But I would like to hear. How far are you stretching this into the future that the God of Dreams needs to take over Rook's role? About a hundred years. <laughs> I can't stand you. It's, it is a long-term plan to dissolve Rokander's pantheon by turning them against each other. How hard can that be? 
I mean, you're here. Yes, but all of his all of his gods in his pantheon, other than one, are bound to him and must listen to him. Mm, true. Well, as long as it doesn't get me killed, I'm interested to see what you have planned, Bishop. And hell, I may even help along with it. Good, because I would answer number three. Xavier, the god of dreams, is currently pregnant with Rokander's baby. God, I was afraid you were going to say with your baby. That is, a, that is a mix I would not be excited about. There are currently, that is the fourth child that is currently in production by Rokander. This man is having kids? Yes. The entirety of the of the Caligo clan utilized their magic to create, utilize their magic with Rokanders to create the first shot. The second child is an amalgamation of the magic of Rokander and all of his generals. The third child is from an aspect of Vano itself and the magic that Rokander was able to collect from the tear. And the fourth child is just Xavier and Rokander. And let me guess, Xavier has been helping with all of these experiments. Xavier doesn't know about the first three children. Mm. So, he's just playing with fire. He is. And I can use that against him. He doesn't True. think he can trust Xavier. So Xavier's not even a part of that second child. Oh. But he also can't get rid of Xavier because as you see within the tech that they are currently building, it's Xavier that's spearheading them. What is he so paranoid about that led him to this? Once I am made a god, I will tell you. So out of character. What, what, what are you feeling right now? I gotta be real. Ezra doesn't want to say yes so readily. I, I'm wondering, the thing that's stopping me is I'm pretty sure the promise that he's agreeing to by accepting divinity from me and accepting being part of Ezra's pantheon would require him 
to tell me anything that through omission would hurt me. Yes. So I don't need him to tell. I'm trying to, Ezra's really trying to place how comfortable she feels having somewhat of a sheet over Bishop because she knows that's part of building this alliance with Bishop, not trusting Bishop because there's really no trust within the Caligo family. But knowing Bishop well enough to know that, or at least being able to plan her own plans well enough that anything that Bishop comes up with to take her down won't work. So it's... Because right now in these stages is when it would be important for her to solidify, hey, you have to share with me your plans. Mm. But also, that's not going to help if she wants Bishop as an ally outside of this kind of bargaining chip that she's already placed within the deal. Mm. And eventually, she doesn't want to have to rely entirely on that. But at the same time, this is the first level of deal like that's happened within her family that she's actually had to broker herself. Yeah. And uh, Caligos are treacherous. All right. I think she's covered her bases, though. I, I don't think there's anything else that she can add that wouldn't make Bishop resent her. All right, ready. I've, I've made my decision. She's, Ezra has made her decision. She's deliberated. Okay. All right, Bishop. I'm going to show you the closest thing to trust we have in our family. And I'm going to leave it at that. You will be part of my pantheon. I get to choose your godhood in return. You share with me your plans, machinations, and work as well as you can within our joint of favors. This is definitely gonna be a change of pace. So, I think we have a deal. Excellent. Welcome to the Pantheon, God of Ghouls. Okay, how many Pantheon points? Are you, how many Divinity points are you going to give him? We haven't, it's been five years. We have, oh, how many am I going to give him? You, you. I, she's been working. Yeah, you have enough to give him a lot. So would you like me to go over the Divinity things again? Please, please. I got you. I got you. So, did you think it would be? Did you, did you think you would have to roll more? Mm, mm, no, not really. How come? Um, I feel like it's just a lot of tactical talking with them. Mm -hmm. They're not, like, rolling for deception and all that, like, kind of at this level. Not necessarily isn't going to work, but she wouldn't trust it enough to work to try it. Yeah. Because if she's found out, that just damages whatever she wants to get out of it. And I got to be real. 
the deception. Oh, I get a plus four. Oh, I get a plus six. I don't trust that. Yeah, so what I get, plus six. It, it's like, I don't know what he's coming with, so I'm not trying to deceive him. I'm the god of oaths. As long as he promises not to try to, like, screw me over, I'm good. Because it's binding, and if he breaks it, I get to kill him. So at this point, you are... You would be a level 14 Ooh. deity. So that gives you... 15,625,000 points. Hmm. No point in giving him a boon when he's already a god, right? No. And the thing is, um, since Ezra knows that the family is still out there and is still just a bunch of fools and all that stuff, um, and like Bishop said, they're blind followers. So she doesn't need to give him a lot of points because the family is just going to follow him and it's been five years mm -hmm. there are going to be a lot of ghouls he, like as God is ghouls that's already instant points yeah if you're a ghoul but so it breaks down levels one through five are proto gods um so rank zero is like a quasi deity or hero deity but yeah. you're not going to give them no um one to five are proto gods, six to ten are lesser gods, eleven to fifteen are greater deities, and lastly, sixteen to twenty are outer deities. Um, lesser god, enough to know that he's I'm not cheaping out on him, but uh not so much that it, it, just like a challenge. Okay. Lesser deities are deities that are generally servants of stronger deities. Independent ones were generally outcasts. They were the object of worship of oppressed social groups or niche groups. Oh, mm. my question is, I want this to seem like, hey, I'm being generous, but I'm not underestimating you. If you make him the lowest rank of a greater deity, it's only that's only 1,953 points. Mm. How many points do I have? 15 million. Ah, uh, yeah. All right. It's an ally. I can... Yeah. That's enough. Lowest rank of a greater deity. I'm not, like, telling him that he's my servant, which is not going to rank me points with Bishop. Um, I gotta say, Ezra really held back. Ezra has really tempered the arrogance. A younger Ezra would have really flaunted the fact that um, he's groveling to her for help. But um, we're older now. We've been a god for five years. That's not how we play it, baby. We let him think we're equals because right now, there hasn't been another Caligo on her level. And um, this is a risk that we're willing to take. Okay. So you are now dropped down to a 13 but you're it's I'm generating I'm, yeah. I'm generating the you're generating the interest the phenomenal yeah like um, I'm good um, so Bishop's now greater than he is he is now the god of ghouls correct the god of ghouls god of ghouls cause honestly um, if I gave him a divinity over an aspect of literally anything that's a bit too much 
too dang much. And outwardly, nothing really changes about Bishop, but inwardly you see, you feel his power growing. You feel the divine magic flowing through him. Welcome to the table, cousin. Are you ready to hear what Rokander has planned? And she takes out another piece of jerky, and she's like, do you, do you like, since you're a god now, do you eat? And she, like, throws a piece over to him. I'm not hungry. I just ate. It's probably good sense, huh? Keep that. That's fresh. We're trying out something new with that one. Are you ready to hear it? Yeah. Rokander hasn't been in this plane of existence in five years. He has all but forgotten about the Voidwalkers left here within the world of Vala. He has retreated to the Void and is currently making preparations for some sort of action. I don't know if it's an attack. I don't know if it's a plot of revenge, but he is currently building a domain. The void is much bigger than we thought it was. Rokander refuses to do any sort of research, research into the void itself, but he is building and constantly looking for something. But he's a structuring, he is building pathways for souls that die and pass on to get added back to the cycle. He's building these pathways and he, I don't know exactly what he's doing with them, but he's setting up structures. He has also increased, sort of increased the effects of them. The void already at a base drop makes people go mad and transforms them into void walkers. So void walkers at one point had a sense of reason. He has taken all of that away. All the void walkers that could escape did at the time when he came in. And now he is converting bodies into void walkers rather than the dead. So within his circles, Voidwalkers have taken a new meaning. They're, they're mere constructs that he's utilizing to build the Void. Within our material world, he is currently having us dig for riches, but also something darker in the Undercities. There is something down there watching us as we're getting closer. If you were there, you would sense it as well. Rokander has all but abandoned the Badlands. The lands outside of these large megacities. And it seems as if monsters are spewing out of the void. 
out of the ground underneath people. And they are going out of their way to try and kill as many people as possible within the Badlands. Different organizations have popped up to fight these monsters. Um, which is the only why areas in the Badlands are livable at all. The problem is, it seems as if Rogue Hander is sacrificing these people. For what? I don't know. We can only assume that it's to build his forces. He is also. You are constantly in danger from Rogator's forces. They are coming after you. If you create a family line, they are coming after your friend Santana and her family line. Because he's looking for something specific in both of you. For you, I believe it is the old god's magic that exists within you. For Santana, it's potentially the offspring that they had, that she has with Remus. And he, that, he, he seems like he needs the eyes of the Atlas and whatever experimentation that was done on Santana, he needs that. And now we get to his offspring. He did not cre create any of these offsprings out of love. There was no sort of falling in love. He's not. He hasn't taken a partner. It, it's all just because he is setting the seeds. Because he was inspired by Fena. But instead of Veno utilizing these seeds of himself to prepare the future for his inevitable coming into the world. Rokander is seeding power. He himself will not leave the void, but he will send his offspring to get stronger, to get better, and then he will reabsorb them back into himself. The only people who know this plan is Rokander. And Rook. Which is why Rook needs to die. That is currently all the information I have. I will be looking for more course but because I'm now a deity under your pantheon I can't enter the land of Rokander anymore you said you were building a fledgling group they will be the ones that will have to enter as 
really what it was always going to come down to. And your knowledge of the Void will come into handy. You said he wasn't studying the Void, right? Not at all. He is messing with powers that I can only assume he hasn't thought much of. He only has a plan and he doesn't know what comes next with a lot of this stuff. <laughs> Idiot. Oh, man. There's So, there's some gaps that we can take advantage of. Definitely. I'll talk with Paris about deciding who to send. Bishop, welcome to the world. What do you plan to do now? It's time to get my affairs in order and to prepare my own plans for that man that masquerades as a god. Tell me, Bishop. What got you so riled up? There's a lot of things about our family that we can't avoid. The megalomania, the selfishness, the backstabbing. But the one thing that a Caligo will always appreciate about another Caligo is the pride. What Rokander did was unforgivable. He's chained our family to him, and he made them forget their pride. I aim to shove that pride into his throat, and I will end him with my own hands and show him that a Caligo never forgets. I will be right there with you. And that's where we're going to end the episode for today. <laughs>